You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. Exposing the struggles and celebrating the successes in the life of coaches who are action takers and creating authentic impact in today's world. Whether you're just starting out, expanding your reach, or exploding your impact, you're in the right place right now. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Now, here are your hosts of the Coach's Journey Podcast. What's up, Coaches Nation? This is Dr. Sherry with the Coach's Journey Podcast. Back at you with another episode. I am here with my amazing co-host, and we have Daniel Fernandez and Faisal and Son. And so today, we're going to talk about one of the two essential skill sets that you need to really have a robust, long-lasting, successful, joyful, any other adjectives you want to have, coaching, coaching career. And so sustainable, sustainable, sustainable. Yeah. Oh, I miss sustainable. All of those things. There's two skill sets that you need to have. One, we do a lot of of conversation around in the coach's journey podcast and in our community and in the Facebook group. And it's around sales because if nobody knows you exist, then it doesn't matter how good you are. But that's not what we're going to focus on today. We're going to focus on the second half, which is how good are you? because that really matters. And so that's what we're going to land on today. But first, still on the sales side, Faisal, can you share a little bit about a sales learning opportunity that's coming up? And if people are listening to this after the fact, you can still have access to it. Just reach out to us. Yes. Th- thank you, Sherry. So I'll just add, there's it's marketing and sales, but in, in the coaching world, as we've talked about this over and over, sales is the area that becomes a lot of the focus for coaches initially in the beginning stages of their path. But marketing is a part of that. And a, a good frame for that, which I learned from Alex Armozzi, is that marketing is sales at a bigger level. Mm. It, it's just as simple as that. It, it's the same process, but you're doing it with masses. Yeah, but, That's yeah. why I'm so excited to spend time with you and Faisal right now, because this time I'll never get back is always really, really awesome yeah. and fun. And usually, I don't know about you, I usually learn something from the two of you. And like we we have these amazing conversations about coaching that are real conversations yeah. with real coaches. And I, I love doing that. So that's why it's such a good use of our time today. Yeah. So hey, Daniel, serve other people too. Yeah. So Daniel, why don't you kick us off with uh, like thinking about the coaching skill of just being a good coach? Like how how has that looked for you as you kind of have progressed in your coaching journey? Mm, that's a really, really broad question. And but before, <laughs> so many, before you jump in, Daniel, as well, can you also make a connection between how does that how has that affected your coaching business while you're talking about this coaching skills? Yeah, so I'll start the second question first. Like the acquisition of skill sets is is like a really powerful part of any coaching business because I think the most important link is the confidence. As you start to gain skill sets, you gain confidence. As you start to use those skill sets, you gain confidence. As you start to see clients being affected by those skill sets, you gain confidence. As you start to see renewals because of the skill sets that you utilize and you gain confidence. And so confidence is probably the most important factor of of you know how you become a good coach. You become good enough to become more confident and you become more confident to become more good. And so there's a cycle, right? Between, you know, between your confidence and what you learn and your skill sets. And so like, to me, like skill set acquisition and 
I know also known as knowledge, wisdom, growth, you know, is a really critical part of your coaching journey forever. Like you never will stop gaining skills and I'm still gaining skills today. And some of the, some of the skills you gain actually don't have to be gained in the traditional, like, let's go get education. Let's go take a course. Let's go take a program. A lot of skills come through, you can get skills through a lot of different ways. I'm not saying certifications are bad. Certifications, you can get skills. I've gotten lots of skills through certifications, but my favorite way to get skills is through experience in life, like life experiences that are, that are different, that are unique, that are challenging. Like travel, for example, will often increase your skill sets, increase your, increase your perspective on what's, what's out there in the world. Because for example, when you travel to another country and you see different ways of doing things, it opens your mind and allows you to get rid of some assumptions that you may have had around how you think and how everybody should think, you know, like according to your, your bias and your assumptions. And so travel is just one example, but even going through challenging experiences in life, like adversity is really, is a really powerful skill set creator because you learn about adversity from a new perspective, because otherwise it wouldn't have been challenging for you. Like every adversity you go through challenges you to expand yourself and what's possible. And that is really one of the useful skills of being able to like see your own adversity as a growth opportunity that you can use as a skill set in coaching, as an example. So there's, there's lots, there's, there's so many other skill sets too. Like, you know, like skill sets around the coaching process, like how to ask questions. There's skill sets around like specific areas of expertise, like business. There's specific areas of expertise, like, you know, if you're a leadership consultant or if you're a relationship consultant or whatever, like there's so many skill sets you could specialize in, in addition to all those personal growth skill sets. So like, it's hard to even like attack this question because there's so I many, know. I don't even know where to go. So as you've been gaining your confidence, kind of as you described it, by doing it, getting feedback, seeing results, how did you see that then result in the growth of your actual business? Well, I think at the beginning of my coaching career, I remember very clearly it was very hard to get clients to believe in me because I didn't quite believe in myself. I wasn't sure that I could make a difference for people. I had to like, you know, prove that out in the field and use skill sets to actually help make a difference. And a lot of times early on, I wouldn't get renewals or people would stop early in the coaching. I mean, there's, there's this one client who, who like, I want to sign them up for 12 sessions. They said, well, I'll pay for half up front and half after six. And I sent them the contract and I said, well, we make this one change like that, you know, like there's like one minor change. I was like, yeah, but what the change meant was that like, I could stop after six <laughs> and they did stop after six. Like it was all set up, like, because like I didn't have enough confidence. And the reason was I didn't know what my skills were. I didn't know for sure that I could help this person. And I was trying to take them through something I hadn't, you know, lived and practiced long enough. And so, yeah, that happened a lot. I got, I got people who would do a session and wouldn't continue because I didn't, they didn't believe that I had the skills to help them with their particular problems. Like a lot of times people need like general coaching across their whole holistic life. But a lot of the times they have very specific problems that they're focused on. Like I have a problem in my marriage or I have a problem at work or with my team or something. And if I have the skills to be able to help them through that particular problem, that makes a huge difference in them selling buying the coaching. Right. And so if they're like, yeah, I'm really struggling with my, with my wife. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't have any experience in that, but I'm sure I can help you. That's not going to instill confidence as much <laughs> as it is. If I, Oh, I have a wife and I had gone through that exact problem and gained those skills and I've coached people or, or, and, or I've coached people through that very problem and had this result with them. That was really easy to, to, to explain how it's going to, you know, make a difference to the coaching. It helps with renewals. It helps with all those kinds of things because you can demonstrate that you actually have some skills around this area. I don't know if they answered the question. 
can, you know. can I also make a connection between confidence and, and, and I love the thought process that Daniel went towards that. I mean, the, the thing that connects it all is likely the, this, the confidence with which you show up. And, and I have this frame for my clients that confidence has nothing to do with being right. Because a lot of people think that if you're right, you're confidence or you will be confident if you're right. Like it's about right. It's actually a, a leadership skill set. Because it, it, we know this, that like take, take a group of people and uh, Joe Rogan, comedian, he talks about it. It's like, if you're in a group of people and they were all, they didn't know anything better, they're stuck in a situation. If one person just got up and they were just confident, they didn't have any, no other information that they, the other ones, and they were confident, like, we're going to do this and go there. The rest will probably follow along. That's just how human beings function because it communicates to the rest of the group that, oh, this person has the certainty or the ability hidden behind whatever they're demonstrating that will help us move forward. Now, that person might not actually have that. Mm. So there is such a thing as fake confidence. But what we're talking about is authentic confidence, which comes with you doing the work. Yeah. And, and, and so you don't need to pretend to be confident. You need to do the work to become confident, which can. So what, what happens? And that's why I ask this question from coaches a lot of times. I'm like, why, why do you think you're not promoting your business? Why do you think you're not reaching out to people? Why do you think you're not putting your content out there? Why do you think you're not going talking to organizations or different entities to go speak to them about, about the thing? And they usually, they're like, well, I have some kind of fear and I, I'm stuck in some. I'm like, what if it's, yes, maybe that's part of the reason. But what if it is that you don't believe deep down that this is actually going to make any difference? And what if that's not because of a uh, general belief that you need to move, but what if that's because you don't have enough evidence that tells you that you can, that you can do this and you will give people results. And that evidence doesn't come from your mind. That evidence comes from other people giving you, which is also, by the way, the reality of how the market system works in, in this capitalistic world that we live in, that the market needs to give you feedback on your product and service. And when you give get that, and you get that enough times, you you don't need to worry about your own, like whether or not I will be able to do this. Actually, what, one last thing I want to share. Last night, actually, my wife asked me this question. It was very interesting. So she's been in the coaching world a couple of years, two, three years, and she's still in the beginning stages. Her skill sets are amazing. And I can see how what kind of a difference it makes. But in terms of her confidence, she's still in the beginning stage. And she asked me a question. It's like, uh, and coaches tend to have a couple of dynamics. One, they will either show up as a savior. Let me let me try to save this person with one session, or they feel like they didn't do anything for that person, even though they might have actually added value. She's like, "How the hell do you deal with those two sides of them?" I'm like, "I actually do." And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, "I had both of those sides in the beginning, and it would show up in different contexts." But this this is what happens now. Now, the focus is actually just to be present and show up. And, and I don't think about either one. I don't need to save a person. And I don't feel like I'm not going to add any value. It's actually because I can fully show up with the right intention. I have preparedness and I have this experience. I don't actually think about any of that stuff. I just show up. And that makes a big... And, but the reason I can actually show up without thinking about all that stuff has to do with experience and the work that I've done, not because I, I'm i kind of riling myself up to say that I am confident. Today, I'm going to show up as confident. Not that I'm saying that won't have an effect on you. Just uh, go ahead, Sherry. Yeah. So as you were talking, so this reminds me of a conversation I had yesterday with a client 
And I've had this conversation multiple times. So this is like a reoccurring theme of conversation that I have with people. And it's about the, the challenge around quote unquote imposter syndrome. And, <laughs> and so how this kind of relates to what you were talking about with confidence, this, this gal that I was talking to was quite, is quite frankly amazing. Like she, she comes from a, a South American war-torn country. She's gone through all of that. She's made a way. She's gotten educated. She's now an investor and she she has all these passions. She's world traveled. Like, and I literally ask her, is there anything that you've set your mind to that you haven't accomplished? And she's like, no. And yet she's freaked out and has this lack of confidence in her ability to this next step in her journey, which is around real estate investing. And like it's, she, she has all of this experience. And so one of the, I don't know why this stuck with me, but there's a gal, a marketer slash kind of coach business lady. Her name is Marie Forleo. I love her stuff. She wrote a book, which actually I still haven't read the book, but the title is good enough for me. I got <laughs> and, the message from the title. Those are good books. <laughs> yes. And the title is everything is figure outable. And so that is now the lens that I have personally adopted, especially as a coach. And so when I'm getting ready to deliver or to do a thing with a group of people that I'm feeling a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm having some nervousness around, I'm like doubting myself. And that's what I tell myself. Like I have this history of doing things, figuring things out. I'm smart enough. Not that I know all the, all of the, you know, I don't know everything but I'm, I know that I'm good enough to figure it out. Like, so commit, it, it, my husband also likes to use this phrase, commit first and figure the rest out later. Well, I combine those two and, and I'm like, I'm going to commit because it's figure outable. Like I can figure this out. And sometimes the figuring out is actually a lot of times it's bringing people in. And like, I've had conversations with Daniel. I've had conversations with Faisal and a bunch of other coaches. Hey, I've got this thing coming up and this is what I've done so far, but oh my gosh, like, what else can I do to level up? What else can I add to make it even better? So it's it's all of that. It's it's just a mindset of I, you know, whether I feel confident or not, it's figure outable because I have this history of being able to figure things out in life in general. And so I I think that's a useful frame for coaches to be able to use as well. Because almost every coach has, you know, they've most of the coaches that we come across have this full life before coaching. They've had a career, they've done all these things, they are, you know, their parents that have had struggles, whatever. And so you have a life history of success. So you just recognize that you've gained skill sets that are translatable into your coaching. I, I love that, Sherry. And I would go farther with that and say, like, yes, everything's figure outable, which means as a coach, you have all this experience that can help guide somebody who has something to figure out coaching is a lot about figuring it out together. And then you start getting to the gray area between coaching and consulting, because sometimes you can bring your experience and consult with somebody around how that applies in their situation or how it doesn't apply or how it might or might not apply. And it could be a way for them to see it in new perspective. Cause sometimes I like to tell a story around something that happened to me. That's kind of related. And then they'll take away the thing that they need to take away. Or maybe they'll, they'll, they'll I'll know that they're needing to solve the exact problem, but I know that I don't need to tell them. I need to just help them figure that out for themselves. And so there's this, there's this like gray area between like, how do you use your experience and your 
ability to figure things out to apply that at the in the optimal way in the session with a client because sometimes it's not for you to figure out their stuff and so the thing i rely on is everything's figure outable for me but also that means for them everything's figure outable for them too so transferring that confidence to them that they can figure it out is really important but also we're in this together to figure it out together knowing that my answers aren't going to be their answers there might be some answers that i can provide from my life that are helpful or from my experience or skill sets but ultimately they've got to figure this out and my job as a coach is to get them to figure it out sometimes my job as a consultant is to give them some very specific you know tips on how to figure that out for themselves but often their solution is going to be very personal and individual for them so one yeah. of the things i think is interesting as we're talking is it's like one of the skill sets as a coach is to recognize in ourselves the mindsets that are not helpful and how do you navigate that internally, but then also being able to recognize those mindset and beliefs in our clients that are not helpful to them, that are not serving them, and then how do we help them shift? So to me, that's one of the biggest mindsets or the biggest skill sets that I am continually working on refining. How can I help my clients and myself bust through these beliefs that are keeping us stuck. You're really talking about that. There's like, this is self mastery component to be a, a great coach. You have to go through self mastery yourself so that you don't get all those thoughts in the way as far as I was talking. And then there's the coaching mastery. How do you help other people in a way that is actually beneficial? Cause we've all had those family members or friends who try to help us and just, they just hammer into us what they, they want us to do. And that, that is not usually helpful. And so there's, there's a whole coaching mastery professional skill set and the self mastery skill set, right? Those are the kind of two things you're saying, Sherry, right? Mm -hmm. So there, there's a third component that you're both alluding to. And then Sherry alluded to that is, I mean, she even shared it that when I'm struggling with this, I have somebody to connect to and ask them and get feedback in the process. And, and I would say if there is a common pattern between people who do well in coaching and entrepreneurship in general and people who don't do well, it's, it's the difference between what kind of people they surround themselves with and they do they have consistent feedback loop in the process. If their feedback is only their own mind and their own head, it's I, I don't think that's enough. Even as a coach, I don't think I don't think I can self-coach. Uh, to a degree, I can, but past that degree, we all have all sorts of areas that are completely hidden to us. And, and this is the major, major belief in coaching is that the reason why people need a coach is because they have blind, blind spots. They will not see because they're in their life. They're within the forest. They're not looking at the forest from 30,000 feet or 10,000 feet, whatever that looks like. So one of the re one of the reasons why the, the com a community environment, an incubator environment, a mastermind environment, or having a coach works, whether it's in the business world or in the coaching world, is or a mentor works, is, is that you get feedback for your thought process that might seem completely great to you. It might, there's a chapter in the book that I'm reading, The Psychology of Money is like, it says crazy is not crazy, something like that. One is like the things that the re we think that people spend money or invest on certain things. It looks crazy to us, but they have completely legitimate reasons. And if you listen to their reasoning process, oh, this this makes sense from their point of view, but it makes no sense whatsoever when you look at it from a different point of view. So 
So what does that mean? Most so on average, when I talk to coaches, and and I had I've had quite a few coaches even in the past couple of months reach out to me. It's like and and they will can I win? You know what? I'm struggling with this thing, and and somehow they got the courage, or they got or we reached out to them. They're like, can you help me with this area? When we go into it, by the end of the session, they're like, holy shit, this is amazing, and I would have not never thought of that. I'm like, how long have you been dealing with this? About four months. And like, did. Did you have anybody you could get feedback from? And one of two answers come in. Either they have coaches or other business owners, they could have gotten feedback and they didn't ask for it. or And more so than not, they actually don't even have that. So they were kind of rolling around the same problem in their own head and hoping that they will come up with an answer. And they were kind of waiting for that answer to come to them and hoping and and we we all do that to one degree or another. I hope that this answer comes to me, but you actually have the ability to change that. Can you find other people around you? Faisal, I remember it's probably a good two years ago. You said, I don't know why this sticks in my mind, but there is there is the very high level, well-known coach. And I think it was either you or your wife were at a training with this gal. And she said, I am my, I, I am my own coach. And you like, I could tell like that pushed a button, like that that's probably one of your pet peeves is somebody saying that. Yeah. Well, not just mine. My wife went through that process because she yeah. was her trainer, her coach, yes. and she watched her. And at the end of it, she kind of looked like a charlatan in the whole process. It's like she was selling a drug that she wouldn't take herself. Yeah. <laughs> you would, she was like, oh, could you take this? She's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll give it to you. It, it doesn't apply to me. And that was her and and I it, like a, a and now now I'm not going to reveal who that is, but this person actually did contribute quite a bit. It actually does contribute to the coaching world quite a bit. But the problem is that she's actually a really good trainer. She's not a good coach. And I listened to her coaching sessions, and she actually we hired her as a coach. We paid thousands of dollars, hired her as a coach. We thought it would be some amazing thing. It was way below average. And, and and I was trying to justify it, but it wasn't until my, and like, this is like, I have had better coaches who have paid a 10th of that mm. too. And, and the thing that helped her move up was her credibility in a different area. And, 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 and she leveraged that and she had some marketing ability and connections, but the, the problem, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to bash anybody in this process. The problem came as that, and, and it showed up in her day-to-day -day narrative. This is how she would say it. Why did I say she? I already said she, sorry. You already established <laughs> oh, you did. Okay. that the gender is not going to give it away. <laughs> okay, so this is how, and I've listened to these trainings and there are a couple areas she did this where it, it was like, like my, I could feel the hair on my arm stand up. It's like, why the hell is she doing this? One, she would literally tell coaches that she's trained, don't worry if you're not getting clients, you won't, and this is in the beginning of the pandemic. A lot of coaches are not getting clients right now you might not be able to get clients for the next six months to a year. Who in their right mind says that to a bu bunch of people who are building a business? And, and second thing, in her sessions, she would demonstrate something as a coach. And these are, these are visualization techniques or taking people through a process of processing emotions. And she will say that, I'm doing this with you. Don't try this in your session. This is much more advanced. Do this about maybe in a few years. 
she wouldn't even and so and how did it show up in the groups that they were a part of my wife actually did try it she didn't listen and she actually did made a lot of improvements <laughs> and I actually worked with her a little bit and and we saw that like she could actually implement it it was fairly straightforward it was uh, she, of course she needed to practice it a few times but so she would get into these mastermind groups and they had already accepted that belief like oh that's not for us this is that's for her I'm working so hard to keep her name away in my head but <laughs> Well, we we, but, we get the we get the idea. We get the idea. Like uh, it's not it's not going further. So, no, but what what I'm trying to share here is that just what she learned in the process was that she had other people to connect to. Had she not had me or coaching mastery community, she would have never known, and she would have kind of bought into that belief. And and that's what I'm trying to communicate. You need to be surrounded with people who are actually doing the work out in the world. They're actually putting themselves out as coaches. They're actually working on the business things, which means that they're getting live data from the marketplace. On the business side of things, and they're actually also seeing what actually works with clients right now. Not what worked 10 years ago, not what worked five years ago. And that comes from communities, coaches who are actively doing it. I would even advise somebody to not get like a business co coach who is not a current coach for other clients outside of just working with co coaches, I would, especially coaches who are starting out because they might not even understand some of the pieces of it. Every business coach that I've hired, they're actually current coaches. They're working with clients outside of a business capability. They're, they're mindset coaches, hyper, they have a business relation. They, they have a business on that side too. I do too. And I'm also a business coach. I understand the, the journey around that. So it, it just so kind of putting a bow on it is that a big part of how you're going to develop your skill sets and not fall into the traps is that you have the right community around you that you can consistently reach out to. And that's how we've structured our program. Our WhatsApp group is open. Our live sessions are there weekly. And we reach out to our clients to see what they're struggling with and what are the things that are not working on those, especially on those difficult days where you feel like nothing is working. And that might happen for weeks and months at times. When you're stuck in that in those moments, it's not going to help you to be in your head. It's going to help you to hear something else from another perspective, somebody else who has gone through that journey, somebody else who has dealt with that struggle, or somebody else who is actually working through that. That's why you need a community. That's why you need an incubator type of system. That's why you need other business owners who are working through these things. Yeah, that's kind of the third area, right? It's like having community is actually a skill. Knowing how to leverage the people that are going to help you is a skill. Asking for help, giving help, asking for feedback, giving feedback. This is actually a whole area of skill sets for specifically for coaching businesses that I would call out separately. And like everything you're saying, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I definitely spent months, you know, like after like a, a non-renewal or rejection or whatever, just like, like, like not believing, right? And like, we didn't have coaching master community back then. And so like, it was so hard. It was so, so hard. So that's a really important skill, how to get in community of encouragement and support. Man, yeah, good skill. Yeah. And, and also just one, one last point around this, and, and coaches say this a lot because coaches are in the world of working on their mindset around confidence in those things. And I actually literally talked to a coach yesterday, really good person, really good. I can tell, I don't know her work, but I can tell that she's dedicated to what she's doing. And basically she said something that I actually had to challenge her a little bit. She's like, I am, I'm so confident that I can deliver this value. And I think my program is valued this much. I'm valued this much. I, I, I'm like, I'm like, I love that you have that confidence. I think you need that to move forward in this direction, but I'll correct just one part. I want you to get the confidence from your clients, not from you. 
only, not from you only. I want you to build the evidence. I want you to develop case studies of your clients telling you that you have supported them. Not you telling yourself that you've like, not just, I'm not saying not to do that, but I'm saying a lot of your confidence and your ability to support people challenging yourself to move forward is because you've been able to help certain people and you've done it consistently for a prolonged period of time. And you have a long list of clients that you've helped and it will come to you automatically, whether you consciously review the testimonials, go through the case studies, or it will just set up, get set up in your mind. And when you show up with a client and you're about to make a proposal, it will not be, you will not have a lot of doubt to say, you know what, I, I can support this client. And if you do have a doubt in an area, you can find the solution for them outside of you. Yeah, I uh, love that. Can, so let me just add my thoughts to that because I have realized that one of my pet peeves is when people say, well, I'm worth, like as a coach, let's just say, well, I'm worth $10,000. Like I, I shouldn't accept any less. Now there may be, if they're coming from a place of like, I can prove my value based on past experience, that's fine. But a lot of the, well, I shouldn't say a lot. Some of what I hear people say is they're just describing their own va their own value just completely arbitrarily to, to themselves. And maybe, maybe they're saying, well, I got this amount of money at my last job. So I should be able to get that. <laughs> that's not, that's not how this works. That's so how I started. I'm like, I should be able to charge. I should be able to make six figures as a first right. year coach. And I was like, I just like assumed it. <laughs> the marketplace is what tells us the value. And it's not my value as a, as, as Sherry Fluellen. It's the value that I can bring through the skill set of coaching. And so when I was a psychologist, Let's say that, you know, I charge $200 and I would get a $200 or, you know, let's say, let's say I got $20 from the client and $180 from the insurance company. And then I move into coaching. I kind of had that skill set. I'm like, oh, well, then I'm my, my time is worth at least 200 an hour. Yeah. But the client wasn't even paying. Actually, my time was worth $20 an hour. If we want to be real, because that's what the client was paying out of pocket. The insurance company didn't care. They, I had no value to them. I, I was, you know, it's, it's just a contractual agreement they have because they're an insurance company. So, so the belief in the, the perspective that we're, we must be worth a certain amount, I think is a very, very dangerous place to be. And it's not about me. It's about the skill set and the value that I can deliver. And it will get better the more that I do it. Something else you said just sparked on me. Sometimes people say, like, I'm worth this much. I want to just like tell everybody like it's not your personal worth. Your worth is infinite. You as a human, you have no no price, no number. It's like infinite value. It's not that you're worth this much. This much. And coaches, we tend to equate like our personal value with the value of the services that we provide or the value we can create in somebody else's life. It's a very important distinction. And you go through this whole journey as an early coach, like taking it personally because you think you're devaluing your you're devalued when somebody says no i'm Absolutely. not willing to pay that much you personally are not worth it that's not really the truth because you went into it with the assumption that it's your worth it's not your worth your worth is not affected by these things you are an infinitely valuable human being but i will also add if you want to know how much your services are worth <laughs> ask yourself this quite these questions did anybody pay that much for the service did they say it was a good value for the money did they renew at that price or more? And have you had that experience multiple times? And the more you can answer those questions, yes, 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 suddenly you have a market-based 
valuation of the service that you provide, not of your value of the service that you provide. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Th thank you so much, Daniel, for I was just about to jump in there, but you jumped in. But that that's a big, important distinction. And and if you and I always say this whenever I'm training around this, like you need to it's a hard thing to do for coaches. It's a very hard thing for me because so much of our experiences are so tied into our service as a coach, our identity as a coach. So it's hard to do that. But think about your service like this phone, like this thing. Why is this worth more than this? This doesn't change the worth of the creator of the company. They have they, their life is bigger than just these products, but the, the market makes that decision based on the need, the problem that it solves for them. This solves a more complex problem. This solves less of a complex problem, so the value is a little bit less. So your coaching is a lot like that. If you can solve bigger problems for people, you can solve much bigger uh, packages. If you can so solve bigger problems for for people who can afford better you will solve, you'll probably make more money. So it's not always just skill set. So there's Alex and Moses said, solve rich people problems and you'll make more money. So <laughs> coaches stop targeting people who cannot afford your services as well, just as a last thing. Which which and comes back to the projection that we do as coaches, sorry, sure. Which is like, when you are starting out and you feel scarcity, you're going to target people who are in the same place as you. So watch yeah. out for that, that dynamic too. Go ahead, sure. And if you're listening to this, Faisal was holding up a cell phone and those were earbuds. Oh. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. So a cell phone, it solves a much more complex problem than does earphones. So those were the two comparisons. Yeah. And I, you, can sir. I add one, one more last, last point on this, which is the people who made that, those products and the people who make the coaching, the value isn't based on them. It's based on the people who are using it. Yeah. It's the need of the other person that determines the value of the services not the self-worth of the coach. So I just want to just reinforce that those products and the services that, that that's a really easy trap to get into. Yeah. It can be really discouraging too, sometimes. So we really covered a lot of, you know, a broad category of skill sets as a coach, but ultimately, you know, it boils down to, are we continually evaluating the results of what we're doing? Because our skill sets are only good as ultimately as the results that they can help our clients achieve. And so being open to that feedback and seeking that feedback from our clients, but also from a community of coaches is super helpful and will continue to help level up your skill set so that you can solve those bigger problems and you can cash those bigger checks. Boom. All right. So thank you so much for listening and watching. However, you ended up coming across this. Please share this with another coach who you care about that so that you both can level up and get better at serving the world together. And we'll see you next time. Yes. Bye. You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast.